0: This morning, uh, Pastor Mike and his family are uh, taking some time away. They've had this week as a uh, family vacation, and, and Mike said, Hey, Ed, how about uh, pitch it for me on Sunday? I'm going, well, I don't know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Pleased, please to do that. I'd like you to stand with me, and I'd like you to turn uh, in your New Testaments to the uh, letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians, book of Ephesians and chapter 4. I'm going to read uh, the first uh, three verses here. Paul is writing from prison in Rome, and um, there because of his faith and testimony in Jesus. And he says this to the Ephesians, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Father, I want to thank you for your words. I thank you for what you prompted in the heart of Paul by your Spirit. And I'd ask, Father, that today, that uh, even as you spoke to Paul and even as uh, you spoke to the people in the church of Ephesus, speak to us today. Make these words come alive to us. Help us to understand what it is that you want us to be about, how it is you want us to live this life that you've granted to us. And we'll give you thanks. I'll give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I've uh, chosen a title in, in looking at this today and uh, calling it uh, Walking in Humility. I, I know something about walking in humility. I left the keys on the dining room table, I punched the door lock and walked out the front door. I walked in humility. And you can probably think of all kinds of things that might have related to that, but what I do want to say to you is this, is that I'm really not talking about that kind of humility. I call that humiliation. And what I want to look at today is a character of heart, of humility that Paul's talking about here. I want to start just with, in the first verse there, he's talking about walking worthy. Worthy of the calling. And I said, um, what calling? Well, it's the calling that we have in Christ, to come to him in faith, and then to follow him in our life. Walk worthy of that calling. God has called you to follow him. Live your life, make your decisions, relate to one another in a way that honors him. That's what he's pleading with to the the Ephesians. And he uses the word implore. That's not just, I I, I gently suggest to you that you might consider. That's not what he's saying. He's begging them to walk in a manner that's worthy of the calling that Christ has given to you. And I said, so what does that walking look like? And uh, uh, just for a few things here in verses 2 and 3, we looked and read that this morning, this walk looks like something of this in terms of our character. It's, um, it uh, reflects humility and gentleness and patience and tolerance, unity, peace. These are things that mark a walk that's worthy of the calling that Christ has given us. And you could go down that list, use it as a checklist in your own life. You know, uh, how, What's my walk look like in the realm of humility? Or in gentleness? or impatience, in or intolerance. Walking together in unity. Life marked in peace. You see, these are just some challenges that, that Paul's given to us, that God's given to us through Paul. That we walk in a manner worthy of him in our character. And we could go on, and I'll just give reference to these very quickly to you, and that's in, the, in chapter 4, verses 4 through 16. He talks about the relationships, about walking a manner worthy of your calling in your relationship with one another in the body. And then in chapter 5, beginning in verse 21, he talks about relationship in marriage. And then in uh, in chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, he talks about uh, uh, your relationships within the family. And then he talks about the relationship at work. Now, he calls it slave master, but you understand that the parallel. Probably more than you want. And then he talks about, in chapter 4, verses 17-32, 30, he uh, talks about walking in a manner worthy in your morality and living rightly. And he repeats it again in chapter 5, verses 1-17. through 17. And then in chapter 5, uh, verse 18, he talks about walking rightly Walking in a worthy manner in your worship. You know, we often talk about worship. What's Sunday morning supposed to look like? What am I supposed to do? How do I worship God? Well, just take a look there. Ephesians five eighteen. So Ephesians is full of specific expressions, descriptions of how one is to walk in a manner that's worthy of God, worthy of the calling that He's given to us. Chapter six, he talks about walking worthy in the spiritual battle that we face every day. Recognizing the battle that's going on and walking worthy in it and how to do that. So that's just to give you some more work to go do on your own. You can read there in, in Ephesians. We talked about this last year in a whole series throughout the year, but uh, this is a good refreshment for you to look again at what does it mean to walk worthy. But today, um, I want to focus specifically on one of the character features here, and that is that we're to walk worthy with humility. And what does that mean? How do we practice that? Well, ask the question then, what does humility look like? How would I recognize it if, if I saw it? Or if I wanted it to come out of my life, how would I measure it in myself? Well one, just looking there at verses uh, 2 and 3 in this passage, um, humility is akin and related to these things, gentleness, patience, tolerance, unity, and peace. So I could ask the question, am I walking in humility? I can ask the question, um, is gentleness, is my mark, my life marked by gentleness? Is my life marked with patience? And I'd say, generally, I'm a fairly gentle person. And then you get to that second word, patience. Now, I'm in deep trouble here. So I've got a long ways to go yet in learning about what it means to walk in humility. Now, I do recognize it now more often than usual. I just am more discouraged because I see it more often. You know, Just learning to relax with what God puts on my plate in a given day. What he brings into my life that I didn't plan on in that day. And just to be patient. Not only with the people around you, or the circumstances, the situations of your life, but patient with yourself, and God's work in your heart and life. So what does humility look like? Looks like some of these characteristics. But I want you to look there in... um, in uh, the end of verse 2 and it says with all humility and gentleness with patience showing tolerance for one another in love how do I be tolerant of people that are different than I am that don't do what I expect who don't do what they say they're going to do how do I be tolerant of people with humility Paul says do it in love And I had a conversation today with, uh, or this last week, with uh, someone who reminded me that, uh, and so what is love? And I went back to chapter 13 of First Corinthians. You might look with me. First Corinthians, it's just back toward the front, about 10 pages. First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, and I'm looking at verse 4. It says, love is patient. Oh, that's one of the characteristics Paul's already listed. And he says, love is kind. Love is not jealous. So I'm tolerant of the people around me without jealousy. And it says, love does not brag and it is not arrogant. So walk in a manner worthy of the Lord with humility and gentleness and patience and tolerance without arrogance. And love does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. Love does not take into account a wrong that is suffered. I can give you room when you hurt me. I can give you room when you offend me. And when I do, I'm walking in a manner that's worthy of the calling. Because I can express in humility tolerance toward you, even though you have done something that's been hurtful to me. You track with me? You understand in the, the picture that, that Paul's painting here for us, both through the Ephesians and to the, to the Corinthians? it doesn't take into account a wrong that is suffered and i think a key reason in this is that i can do that or that you can do that you know i'm using the personal pronoun here but i'm not describing me specifically here although i could very well be i'm just i want you to identify with me in this to understand that when someone has done something that's been hurtful to you you can be tolerant of that with patience and humility and kindness because you yourself do the same thing to other people i do so where can we be gracious and merciful with one another? See, that's part of the motivation that helps us understand what it is to walk in humility is when we have a good picture of ourselves. And we take a good look at the corruption in our own life and realize how much we're begging other people, you know, demanding, requiring other people to be patient with us. When we've been offensive to them, can I turn around and be that to my friends, to my family, to the people I don't even know? The people who fit categories of my life that I look down on? Where's humility is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness? <laughs> they got what they deserved. Where's humility? Where's grace? Where's patience? Where's tolerance and that? Where's love? But love rejoices with truth and bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is the description of the kind of tolerance that Paul's asking the Ephesians to walk in and that would be worthy of the Lord and his calling. So what does humility look like? It's gentleness, patience, tolerance, unity, peace. It's marked by love. And not by a proud heart. And the other thing I want to point out to us here, and that is that humility is focused on other people. If you go back to Ephesians, if you happen to mark yourself and just go over two pages to Philippians... In chapter 2, we have another quick description that Paul has made of humility. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Did you grab that? What does humility look like? It's focused on others and not yourself. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourself. If we could just practice that in our life, in our home, in our family, in our relationships, our relationship with mom and dad, our relationship with our sons and daughters, our relationship with each other as spouse, our extended family, our neighbors that irritate, the boss, the supervisor, the person you have to work with who's just the opposite of all these things, and can I regard them as more important than myself? Can I walk in that kind of humility? And by that humility, I don't mean a weakness that just lays down and let people walk over you. I don't mean that. I don't, I don't mean a doormat. I can come and be a servant and be a strong servant. I can come with all that my resources and all that I am in God, and I can serve you with that. And I do so by choice. Remember, Paul is writing this from prison. And he says, be tolerant of one another. I mean, the guards liked Paul because he respected them. He didn't resent them. He offered to them God's love. He offered to them the sacrifice of Jesus on their behalf. The scripture says many in the praetorium, the royal guard that was there, trusted Jesus because of Paul's life in that context of prison. Woe is me. Look, I've got these heavy chains. I'm locked in here. I'm on a mission. God's got me. I've got a world to reach. I've got people I've got to teach. I've got stuff i got to do. Oh, I just, I can't believe I'm in this place right now. You know, and I could feel all kinds of cruel things toward those Roman guards. or toward the difficult situations in your life. Or I could walk in patience, gentleness, tolerance. I could focus my mind and my attention on the people around me rather than on myself. That's humility. So I ask these questions, what marks your life? Is it jealousy? When something goes really well with uh, somebody else that should have been yours, or someone did better than you did, and you notice that, is it jealousy that comes out of your heart and life, or is it celebration and the other's success? That's humility. Is your life marked by concern for reputation, position, Winning? Or are you secure in who you are in Jesus? Are you able to rest in who you are in God? To be satisfied with the fact he calls you his own and loves you, committed to you, involved in your life, will never leave you or forsake you. Can you rest in that? Or do you have to watch after the reputation, the position, the winning? Must you promote yourself? Must you extend, establish, and protect your reputation? I have to compete and I have to win. I'm always comparing myself. Or can I be happy and satisfied, content, and confident in what God says about me? And rest in that. Because there's peace there. And there's confidence there. What marks your life? Are you demanding? It's my way, my rights. Or do you find the ability to yield to God and yield to others? It's not weakness when you yield to someone else out of obedience to God. Is your, mark, your life primarily marked by self-interest, <clears throat> or primarily focused in others' interests? There's a couple uh, observations I'd like to make here. Um, the list on the left is uh, uh, one is of arrogance, thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to think. You could read about that in Romans chapter 12. One on the right is the list of the humble one who has an appropriately self-awareness. The one on the left is based in insecurity. I must prove myself because I'm not valued. The list on the right is based in trust, trust in God. I'm valued by Him and I'm at ease with myself. And I don't know if you're you're following me in this, but I'm walking down a path of just profound simplicity of how do you walk in a relationship with God that honors him? These are fundamentals. Fundamentals of walking in life and relationship with the Lord has everything to do with how you see yourself and what you embrace about what God says about you. A few other observations I've made is that the ego must be fed and it's insatiable. <laughs> it's just, it, that's our human heart. And what it does is produce a hard, unresponsive heart. I have a dear friend who reminded me that pride comes before the fall. <laughs> when I went over the handlebars on my bike and went head-first into the pavement and was unconscious for six hours in the ER. I eventually got back here to the church, and my friend stuck his head in the door and he said, Pride comes before the fall, <laughs> and walked on. And I didn't understand it at first. I go, well, where's he come from? And then I realized he was talking about my bicycle ride. And the fact that the reason I fell is I was competing with somebody else, and I wasn't going to let them beat me. So pride does come before the fall. <laughs> and it happens in our lives in such subtle ways. You know, we, we, uh, we do things really well for a period of time, and the people around us start praising us for it, and they recognize the good things we're doing, and it isn't long before we're feeling pretty good about who we are. And, and it's just as soon as you start feeling pretty good about who you are and then start taking credit for it all to yourself, that you're in for a, a, a big, big surprise that's not going to be pleasant. Pride comes before the fall. Walk in humility in your life. When someone praises you, say thank you. Thank you, Lord, and thank you for your comment. We've got to walk in humility in the, in the successes of our life. And don't forget that you have breath in your lungs today because God gave you that gift. Be grateful to Him. All the things that you've been able to bring to a task and able to bring it and make it successful and that all came to you through the contribution of a whole lot of people into your life. It wasn't just all you're doing. Can I walk in humility? I note another thing and that is that arrogance can't Forgive. Forgiving requires that I yield to God and to his justice. Let him take care of whatever the offense was because he will. And he'll give you the grace to endure whatever you need to endure. Had lunch with Bud this week and he said, what are you going to talk about Sunday? And I said, what about humility? he He said, I had something somebody once told me. He said, uh, humility is not putting oneself down, it's building up someone else. It's not the put down, it's the building up of others. It's the focus outside of yourself, humility. And I like that, bud, thanks. So what does humility look like? Well, all these things, it's akin to gentleness, marked by love, focused on others, and it looks like Jesus. I don't know if you still got your finger there in Philippians chapter 2. We read verses 3 and 4. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but for the interests of others. In verse 5 it says this, Have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Paul says in the context of, of walking in humility with each other, He said, have this attitude, be like Jesus, though he was God in a privileged position, didn't hang on to that, protect it, guard it, and camp there, but he left his privileged place in the throne room to come to earth and walk among us. He did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, hung onto, but he emptied himself. And he took on the form of a bondservant. He came to serve, not to declare himself the, the king of glory and righteous. And that's not why he came. We, we proclaimed him such when we realized who he was. But he came in humility. And he came to serve. And being made in the likeness of men, identifying with the people around him, his own creation, and being found in the appearances of a man, recognized his humanity, he humbled himself by being coming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You want a model to follow in walking in humility, look at Jesus in his life. Read the Gospels and read it with that set of eyes, looking at the demonstration of humility in the life of Jesus. So how can I walk in humility? That's the tough side of it. I can can agree with everything to this point of what humility can look like or at least a a major portion of it here and say, "Boy, I sure wish I could be that or I sure wish my husband was like that or my spouse was like that or my, you know, whatever. We can always... Turn whatever we have to say and focus it on somebody else. But I'm asking this morning that you let the Spirit of God speak to your heart. Okay? How do I walk in humility? Well, I think it's uh, with an appropriate response to what God has said. Believe God's Word. Act on God's Word. Now, I want you to see back here in, in Ephesians Uh, Chapter 4 is the first verse. In chapter 4, it says, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord. Uh, Therefore. Now, you you know, therefore is there for a reason. Therefore, based on what? Well, it's what has preceded. Everything that Paul has said to the Ephesians, therefore, I, based on the thing, I just want to go back, you can go back clear to chapter 1, and and based on everything he's had to say up to this point in time about you, your relationship with God, God's relationship with you, your relationship with each other, the church, the body, the life. He said, in all these things, he says, therefore, but look at verse 14 in chapter 3. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, Paul is giving a prayer in behalf of the Ephesians. And in his prayer, he's praying that they would come to realize all of these things that are true about their relationship with God. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, God is the source, the creator, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man that I would find the strength within to do and be whatever God calls me to do or be. Because that's available to me. Paul's praying that that God would grant you, grant us, that we'd be strengthened because it's possible. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That's reality. and all of scripture that we read, when we come to faith in Jesus, he takes up residence in us by his spirit being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and depth of God's person, character, life, and love. God's given me access to himself. To know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. To know in the experience of our life, his grace, his mercy, his love in us, to us. It just overwhelms me the fact that God knows me better than anybody else and better than I know myself, and He still loves me. That's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I know you're thinking you're right, Ed. No, no, I'm talking about all of us here. <laughs> that you be filled up with all the fullness of God. God, live in me, live that live through me, be my life. Help me get out of the way. That's an obedient response and it's a walk of humility in him. We get in trouble when we have to make a name for ourselves or position ourselves so we can get what we want. That gets us into trouble. Walking in humility. And then he says in verse 20, Now to him who is able to to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God is able to do all, beyond all, that we think or ask. Therefore, because all of these resources are available to you, walk in a manner that's worthy. I say trust God. How do I walk in humility? Trust Him. Trust Him in His sovereign control. Trust him that he's able to perform all that he says. Trust him. It's when I can't trust God that I got I to take hold of something and be in control and make it what it needs to be, what I want it to be. That's where all my arrogance comes to surface. When I walk in humility, I walk in trust. I walk in submission, dependence. Trust God. And trust him for his goodness. For God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him, willing to fit into his plan. Trust God, his control, his goodness. Trust him for his love for you. He won't do anything unloving to you. It may feel like it sometimes because he wants your attention. But he does what he does because he loves you. He is just and he vindicates You don't have to take vengeance on your own. It only makes you a bitter person. He provides, he protects, and he comforts. Trust God. Choose to obey God's word. To walk worthy of Jesus, whatever the cost. Do what you know he says in his word. Well, that's not the end I want. That's not the way I want to see it happen. Well, then choose the end result for yourself. But if you want God's way... If you want peace in your own heart and your life, then submit it to him. Choose to obey what he says. And I come up to this, you've heard this from me I don't know how many times over the years, but it's fundamental to me and my life and my walk. It's a principle I deal with every day. Sometimes don't deal with every day and pay the consequence. But it's recorded there in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. If you want to be my disciple, Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Get out of the way. Die. Lord, it's no longer my life. It's yours. And I'm here to serve you and to please you. It's about you. It's not about me. And I've got to do it Daily. I got to do it moment by moment. I don't know how many days I get it all together before I leave the house and before I get here to the office. I'm ugly. Gratefully, I have people around here at the office and friends and you who stop by who remind me of God's goodness and help me get back on path. I say, we do that for each other. That's the value of the body. But I got to choose to die, to give it up whatever the situation is whatever the person is me and things that are in my life I need to hang it up on the cross I'm glad our Easter cross is still up front because that's really the focus you wanna walk in humility walk close to the cross focus on God and focus on others it's so fundamental What's the greatest commandment, Jesus? You know the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. So what's the fundamentals of walking in life and living life out before God? Love Him. Love the people around you. It's interesting that he qualifies loving the people around you as you love yourself part of the problem we have in walking in humility is we don't like us. We come to realize how much God loves us and all that he's done for us and how much value he places on us it changes my attitude about myself and consequently affects how I relate to you how you relate to each other. There's some lessons I've learned in life and I'm still learning. One, I've been humbled by God and I've been humbled by man. And I can guarantee you if it hasn't happened yet, it will. I realize that I'm temporal. I'm temporary. I'm learning what I'm not. And I'm learning what I can't. And I'm learning what I am. And I'm overwhelmed by how much I'm loved by God. How much I'm valued and embraced by him. In the walk of life, God's going to move us down a path that looks more like Jesus. It says in chapter, Romans chapter 8, verse 29, that God in the beginning, knowing who was going to come to him, determined that they would be conformed to the image of his son. That was a little, Trenner loose paraphrase. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God's in the process of doing that. So let him do his good work. As I let God do that, you'll like me better. As you do that, I'll like you better. Your spouse might even get to like you again. It's amazing how we get married with all of the, the, the blind eyes, you know, I'm attracted by all the chemistry. Then i live with the person a while. and I'm stuck with them. Yeah. Is that right? Is that how you feel? Be overwhelmed with the love that God has given to you. I want you to turn uh, back just a couple pages to Galatians chapter 2. The bottom line focus that has marked my life, been my call since high school. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's how you walk in humility. That's Paul's testimony. I'm not here. I'm dead. And what you see is Christ alive in me. And I said, no, oh, no, I, I see it. I see all the junk. I know. No, I'm going to walk with the understanding that I'm dead in Christ. Live in me, Lord. Create in me a gracious heart and spirit that's gentle, that's patient, that's tolerant, that pursues unity and lives in peace. That's the call of God. To you and me. I'd ask that you would stand with me. And I'd ask if you were inclined. Pray along with me. In your own heart and life. Father I want to thank you for this morning. For your grace and your mercy to each one of us. I thank you for your word. And thank you for the instructions. Lord it is our heart to walk in a manner that's worthy of you. And of your call in our life. Lord, in all the words that uh, we've uh, passed through this morning, your words, your spirit has been speaking to us, and your, your spirit's been speaking to me. And I know, Lord, as long as I keep trying to look after me, that I keep creating all the problems that are, that are around me, and relationships, and uh, attitudes, and, and Lord, today... I want to confess once again that this man and many in front of me right now, Lord, confess to you that we walk in a way that doesn't honor you and in a way that walks in pride and arrogance, in fear and insecurity. And Lord, we know that you've come to us in Jesus and offered to us life eternal now a relationship with you that out of our life flows rivers of living water and that we desire Lord we desire to walk in the humility that's described here and in the relationships of life and Lord we keep getting in the way and so today I consciously make the choice not my will but yours Lord I hang on the cross with you I lay my life down All the issues that I'm facing in my life right now, Lord, I lay at your feet. I want to thank you, Lord, that you receive us. Thank you for your promise that as we come boldly before your presence, that you give to us grace and mercy to help in times of need. And we come, Lord. We come humbly before you, Lord, recognizing our need. And we come in faith, believing all that you are and who you are and all that you're doing and going to do. So, Lord, live through us today. We want to be your person today. Crucified with Christ, nevertheless alive. And, Lord, we walk this day in faith, in faith in Jesus, who loved us and gave himself for us. And we pray in his name. Amen. Go in the grace of the Lord Jesus. Amen.